Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino presents Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Verizon Wireless. This is 5G done right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on their way home tomorrow night at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. The D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, home of Bar Canada, a north-of-the-border home, Las Vegas style. Roger Klein's Canseyone Tequila, ultra-smooth, Arizona-owned. Behind the mask, whether you're on ice or in line, we are the Valley's headquarters for all of your hockey needs. By M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates, get your personalized koozies and shower shoes at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by the D. Las Vegas Resort and Casino, is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Rob Rothfarb. All right, welcome in hockey fans, professional hockey fans as it may be. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, Casino, uh, Circus Sportsbook, you name it, everything that you want in downtown Las Vegas. Happy Labor Day, everybody. We're a little bit late tonight. Just uh, no, I wasn't barbecuing or doing all that good stuff, but Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host is always Rob Rothbard out in beautiful Southern California. Do it to me, Rob. Tell me what the weather's like. It's only 72. Oh, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Oh, stop it. Okay, so we missed you last week because you were catching a baseball game. Anytime your Yankees come anywhere in your area, you got to see them, don't you? Uh, I try is that to a requirement? I, 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 it's a requirement to see whether ASU comes to town. When they come to see UCLA, I'll be there. When, uh, when the Rangers come to town to play the Kings or the, or the Ducks, mostly the Kings. I just like to see my teams. Uh, I always knew I'd see them more on the road since I knew I would be living away from New York. Uh, but I just like to see my teams. I like to uh, get that vibe of that New York feel when they come to town. Well, give us a, give us a rundown. What was last Monday night like in, uh, in Anaheim? Well, the uh, the pregame was was great. I met a lot of people that I interact with on Twitter and uh, had spent the time at the game with them. And uh, the game itself stunk, honestly. No, actually, it was a good. Game. <laughs> it, it was a good game. It was back and forth. It was you know, the Yankees seemed to have one bad pitch an inning, and uh, or in a game that really matters. And in that game, it was a grand slam. So uh, I I never really see a Yankee win in Anaheim, uh, and I can't say that it's me. Because the Yankees have been losing in Anaheim long before I ever moved to California. <laughs> <laughs> That's true honesty right there. I love it. Well, this is uh, – and happy Labor Day to you, too. Uh, happy Labor Day. I started it up. Uh, it's always nice to have a vacation day. And, uh, you know, you look around uh, the hockey world right now, and hockey is getting ready to really ramp up. I mean, we are so close to, uh, to big-time stuff. Just uh, – Thursday, the uh, Arizona Coyotes are going to take to the ice with their um, development camp and lead into the rookie camp on the 15th. And then everybody reports on the 22nd uh, for their first day on the ice. So lots of stuff to talk about. Um, 
it's happening all over the league, Rob. You know that. But uh, we've kind of touched on San Jose and the Kings. And, and now I thought tonight we're going to bring on our own Seth Askelson and, uh, and uh, find out what he knows about the Arizona Coyotes. Because right now um, you're going to need a, a lot of pens and papers to write down names and numbers of people that uh, you don't know. Well, you know what? It's not just the players that people don't know. How about the head coach? <laughs> <laughs> you just stole you just stole my trivia question tonight for our summer skates question. So if you want a head start, <laughs> if you want a head start, get get that out there. Start searching for the uh, name of the head coach of the Arizona Coyotes uh, for this season, and uh, that will be the question coming up. I love it. I well, love it. Well, the, the funny thing is, is that. When I knew who was coming on, when I knew Seth was coming on, I knew he he does some stuff for about with the Coyotes for Ice Time. So I have like a top five things, you know, that uh, they're doing on ESPN. I I looked at what they had for the uh, Coyotes, and I thought there were some good like questions uh, for what is next for the Coyotes, like what to expect for the Coyotes for this coming year. So I had a few things that I wanted to throw out there to him, to Seth, and ask, get his opinions on it. I'm just glad. I'm just glad that uh, you didn't. The trivia wasn't about the new captain because that would be an interesting <laughs> uh, conversation to have as far as who would be uh, worthy. I guess you could say of that captaincy. There, there's only two people that I that I can see. Um, but actually, there's three, and one of them because of the age factor, I just don't see him going there. But um, and I'll, I'll steal Seth Sunder before he comes on. Let him tell us. But I think he's either going to go with uh, Clayton Keller or Jacob Chikrin or Phil Kessel. And I think Phil Kessel probably will not be just because of uh, you know his age and how right. long, how few years he's only been here. But I saw something today, Rob, uh, on Twitter that um, somebody, a very renowned source, said uh, the Coyotes are looking for two first round picks. Uh, to trade Jacob Chikrin, and I'm going like, oh, my goodness. And the question was, should the L.A. Kings go for it? Should they give up two first-round picks for him? And the poll was leaning so heavily towards yes. It was like 72 75% yes uh, out there. And I'm going like, if the Coyotes give up on a 23-year-old 20, to rebuild with draft picks, uh, come what? Where are you going to rebuild then? If 23 is, is too old for you to rebuild with, what in the world are you going to rebuild with? Uh, you know, that, that I hadn't seen that. But, uh, I mean, he was one of the players that I was going to ask Seth about as far as stepping up this year and, you know, into that leadership role. Uh, but if they're already starting Twitter polls about whether he should be traded or not, God, that doesn't, that doesn't bode well for him because – they're looking to cut. He's not making that that kind of money that they need to cut him from their payroll already. There's nobody on this roster right now uh, that's making that kind of money. Clayton Keller, probably the highest paid guy. I haven't looked to find out for sure. Not but, even Kessel? Um, well, Kessel's making a pretty good chunk. Yeah, I guess I mean, he's, I, I mean, he, the, he would the, still be up there. The three-headed monster that came over from Vancouver, Beagle, Rossell, Erickson. I mean, I don't know what, the, what those guys were making in Vancouver, but uh, – you know, those would be the ones that would be making more than Jacob Chikrin. And, I mean, there's a lot of value in Jacob Chikrin. Don't get me wrong. He's a top demon. He was a top, He was tied for 10th in points uh, last season. He has a lot of upside. But why wouldn't Arizona want to build around him? 
that's exactly what when I saw that I'm going like why would you even entertain it because well, there's no doubt that uh, the job that that they've done acquiring draft picks like next year they're going to own the draft that right now they currently have three first rounders and I think seven second rounders but here's the thing you can't it, you can't count on those guys for at the very minimum two or three years to to be any kind of uh, contributors and then secondly on that on that note is uh you look at teams like vegas right um all the people that they've drafted for the most part at least in their high draft picks they've traded away or haven't made their roster so if you can't make a roster um yeah yeah, i don't know i just have so many questions i'm gonna save the rest for uh for seth and see what he knows (laughs) um we do know a couple of things we know that the the Coyotes are going to have the uh, rookie camp, uh, the rookie face-off tournament, I should say, uh, right here in Scottsdale and Glendale coming up on the 19th? 19th, 19th to the 23rd or something like that? Yeah. 17th, t- somewhere right there. 17th to the 20th, I think. Okay. So, so we'll try to get everything figured out and get our guys out there and, and hopefully get you over here for that too and uh, get a good look at all those teams because that's a great time to, to look at not only the the players that may make rosters, but also the guys that are going to be mainstays on AHL rosters, which of course is also our focus. Absolutely. Absolutely. It'll, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the, we keep going back to the Coyotes. They're so young that, I mean, th- their farm team might be twice as old average age wise than their, than their, <laughs> than their roster because they're going to have to have some veterans somewhere. Oh, I know, I know. I just, <laughs> I, I just don't know. Uh, and, and like I said, uh, it's just a topic that we're going to bring up to Seth in a few minutes here uh, when we bring him on about three, four minutes from now. But I, I wanted to get a quick uh, touch from you on the NHL uh, deciding to allow their players, the NHL and the NHLPA, allowing their players to go to uh, the Olympics. Your thoughts on that? Was there really any chance that that wasn't going to happen? I can't. I can't imagine that uh, Batman would have agreed to that because the Players Association really wanted it. I personally am not a big fan of it. I don't like the season being stopped in the middle of the season. I don't like the fact that they're stopping the NHL season, which is what they're being paid for to play in the Olympics. I love the fact that they play for our country. But what happens if a key guy gets hurt? It's happened before. That could alter the playoff run of in the second half of the season. And I just think that you got guys that play scared a little bit, maybe towards the end of the uh, the first half of the regular season, getting ready for the Olympics. I don't know. I just think it changes the NHL game a little bit. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, uh, my favorite moment of the Olympics, obviously, is is the 1980 Olympic mm-hmm. uh, team, and that was done with amateurs, yes. uh, college kids. So, right. um, you know, so, you know, when the NHL didn't partic- participate, and I agree with you, I think it's going to be really tough to take that break again um, you know, and, and give the guys time, some of the guys time off, but other guys can go and play. And, you know, don't get me wrong. The talent level that you're going to see uh, over there playing in the Olympics is, is unbelievable. But um, I don't know. I agree with you hundred percent. I, I think it's just a little risky uh, for guys that are going to pay millions of dollars to uh, take their chances um, for a two week stint in the Olympics. And, you know, and we're not even talking about COVID and what's going on there. Right. I mean, right. Go, go look to try to buy a car, Rob. It's really hard to buy a car right now. And you know why that is? I was told it's because of the COVID effects in Asia that uh, they, they don't have the chips, that they can't get enough chips to make to manufacture cars here. Wow. Uh, it's unbelievable. 
So, um, yeah, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, Let's do this. Let's take a quick break, and let's come back, and let's bring on our own Coyotes beat reporter, Seth Askelson, in about two minutes. Hi, this is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No, stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by our friends at the D Las Vegas Hotel, Resort, and Casino. Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona tonight. My co-host, as always, Rob Roth, far about in beautiful Southern California where it's not a world of something degrees. And, uh, <laughs> and it's our pleasure to bring in our own beat reporter, our Arizona Coyotes beat reporter, Seth Askelson. Seth, Scott, and Rob with you tonight. How are you? I'm good. How about yourselves? Uh, we were just going over the, uh, the Arizona Coyotes uh, roster. Um, you have the hardest job of all of us this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? I think I'm going to take a glass half full look at it, especially because on the defense, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, a guy like Ilya Labushkin is definitely going to get some more ice time than he has. He's played a a really, you know, bottom six, seventh B type role. And, you know, even when he was kind of sharing time with Jordan Osterley, I wish he would have gotten some more very big physical defensemen. He'll be a top four guy. It'll It'll be interesting to see how Shane Goss is there. Kind of rebounds his career. I think he still has a lot left in the tank, and I think a, a 
you know, kind of change of scenery would be good for him. I know he's 28, but you got to think of the Coyotes, the way this rebuild is going, you know, they think they're going to be back at it in two or three years, a guy that'll be 31. Um, you'll have him on a new deal. And um, so it'd be interesting to see how his career rise. And then Connor Timmons, I mean, that's a guy, you know, especially with the way this, this team is stacking up, he's going to get a lot of ice time. And so um, it'll be interesting to see through from the defenseman side. Um, yeah. Maybe up front, it, it could be a little bit of a struggle, um, but other than that, I think defensively, I, I'm really excited to see how this group of six, you know, a guy like Anton Strollman, you know, fits in, could maybe help a guy like Connor Timmons, uh, maybe motivate Shane Gossesbear. And again, Jacob Chikrin, I mean, it might be because of A, where he plays and B, what the Coyotes record is going to be. But, you know, if he played on a different team or if this the Coyotes team, you know, maybe hovers around 500, he definitely could be in that conversation for the Norris. He's a, he's a good young defenseman, and, and I hope he has a chance to really shine in Arizona. Doesn't look to trade him. Uh, let's let's start from the net out, though. Who do you see uh, taking over that starting job in in the Nets? Um, I mean, you got to think it's Carter Hutton at this point, right? A guy who's thirty five, um, or uh, yeah, thirty five. He's played a lot in the NHL. Hasn't had a ton of success. I think Buffalo thought he was going to be their starting goaltender for a couple of years, kind of the way. Carolina thought Scott Darling was their guy a few years back. It obviously didn't work out. Um, it'd be interesting to see Joseph Corner get some more time. He was, he was decent. He was decent in San Jose. But again, I think with this Coyotes team, they're not going to try and put a ton of pressure on their young guys. They understand where they're at in this section of the rebuild. So I think eventually, maybe by the end of the year, it might be Corner. But I definitely think opening night, Carter Hutton's going to be the one standing in that crease. So, Seth, but before we get deeper into the forwards and the rest of the uh, the roster, um, we knew a year ago, two years ago, that uh, the Coyotes were in trouble with draft picks, and uh, um, Bill Armstrong has done a heck of a job of acquiring draft picks. I mean, when you look on paper right now, they own next year's draft. I believe it's three first-rounders, seven second-rounders, if, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, the answer, the, the question I should say to you is, when you look at all these draft picks on the board, um, are they all going to be picked? Or are they going to use some for bait to get some uh, veteran players down the road? I think all the first-rounders will be picked, um, especially with Montreal's. I just I don't know what Montreal is going to be this year, right? I mean, it, they're such a weird team just in the sense of, you know, um, they're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be, really good in the postseason, but it just seems sometimes in the regular season, they just lose focus. I mean, we saw how they started last year in that Canadian division. They came out hot and they kind of faded at the end, but because of the way the playoff was set up, they still got in and obviously got that upset went over Toronto, but back to a full schedule and they're going to be traveling a lot. You can't, they can't fade like that. So I just, I think that one's going to be picked the Colorado one. I mean, if Colorado is going to finish the way they think they're going to, that's, you know, the Coyotes are going to be picking pretty at the tail end of that draft. But a lot of people are saying that this upcoming draft is going to be the deepest maybe ever, definitely in the last 10 to 15 years. So, um, hard, you know, the last one that was really super deep that a lot of people remember was that 2003 draft. Um, you know, at the Sidney Crosby draft was pretty good, top heavy. Um, the last couple of years, it hasn't been – that great at the top, at least from what we've seen production-wise. But, you know, this is supposed to be a big one. So I, I think in the second round, I think they're going to use some of those picks to get back into the first round. I don't think this team is looking for veteran players right now. I think they'll package 
maybe that Colorado pick and a couple of those second rounders to get back into the top 15 kind of depends on what team you think, right? Like if a team like Los Angeles thinks that they're in a position to compete, but they have a bad season, they might not be against dropping down just to get a couple late round picks. So, or, you know, second round picks that is. So I I think all the first rounds will be picked. And I think they'll use some of those second rounders to get back into the first round. I think by the time the draft comes around, the Coyotes picked four times in the first round. I could easily, easily see that, especially with that Montreal trade. Uh, who let's let's talk about leadership. Who do you think is going to be the ones, the guys to step up, maybe be named assistant captain or captain? Who who are the leaders going to be on this Arizona team? Uh, Andrew Ladd definitely, um, a guy who's won Stanley Cups, was on the Islanders, you know, pretty successful yeah. Islanders teams. Obviously, he kind of got the short end of a stick, you know, on that team last year. Louis Erickson, maybe he's been through a lot, um, but. I don't know if he was ever really seen as a leader on any team, right? Whether it was Dallas or Boston or Vancouver. Um, I think Ryan Dezingle, even though he's, he's 29, but a, a guy that's, you know, he played on that Columbus team that upset Tampa Bay. And, you know, he was on the, I believe he was on that Ottawa team that ended up one goal away from the Stanley cup finals back in 2017. So um, I think those are a couple guys, especially up front Anton Strawman for sure. A guy who's, been through a lot he's played a lot he's 35 a guy that's you know had success too so um you know played in toronto played on a lot of those rangers teams especially yep. that rangers team that went to the cup final in 2014 um played on the the lightning yep. you know for a few years a team that was always on the brink and then even in florida last year a team that was high powered high scoring so he's he's played in a lot of different situations too right i mean you think about those rangers teams and and yep. on the blue jackets prior to that that were little more defensive minded and then he's played on you know high powered freewheeling teams like the lightning and the panthers so a guy who knows how to play in any system and and be a top four guy in any system and a good guy to also mentor the younger kids oh absolutely i you know and and you see he's when he's been on those different teams right i mean he's had a guy like victor hedman who is Mm -hmm. coming into his prime and you know aaron ekblad when he was on on uh florida so you know, he knows he gets, he gets it. He knows how to help some of these guys get them sometimes. And that'll be the thing with Jacob chicken right now, all of a sudden for him, he, he had a breakout year and, you know, he's a guy that a lot of teams are going to be kind of scheming against, right. You know, mm-hmm. when you open up the scouting report for the coyotes, it's going to be make sure Jacob chicken, you know, it's a guy who can move the puck who can, you know, he's got speed up the ice. He can shoot it from the point. He's a great playmaker. So, you know, I think Strawman will be able to help, Chikrin, when he gets into a spot in the season where, you know, anytime he gets a pass, he's got someone coming right at him. He's not going to have the time and space he used to have. So a guy like Strawman can definitely help Chikrin get through a situation like that. Absolutely. Seth, I don't know if you heard uh, the beginning of the show tonight, but uh, I saw something on Twitter by a very well-respected hockey sports writer that said the uh, Coyotes would be asking two first-rounders to trade Jacob Chikrin. And uh, the question popped up. Somebody from L.A. said, should the Kings do this, yes or no? And it was like teetering 72 to 75% in the poll in favor of the Kings giving up two first-rounders for Chicken. Tell everybody in Arizona that's not going to happen, right? They're not going to get rid of Chicken. No, not not for two first-round picks, right? I think it's one of those things, right, like, you you know, you want to come out and say, oh, these guys are untouchable. There's really like two untouchable guys 
I mean, in all seriousness, if, if you think of a, a list of 10 untouchable guys, right, two of them play in Edmonton, one plays in Toronto, and, you know, outside of that, I mean, it's, you know, it's as Ted DiBiase once said, everyone has a price. And I think, you know, is two first-round picks the price? No, but if a team comes in and says, hey, you know, we'll give you three first-round picks and a top prospect, if you're Bill Armstrong, I, you know, you look yourself in the mirror and say, we can pick five times in the first 32 picks and get a top pro right like I don't think it's going to happen and I don't think any team will have to pay it but I think it just you know you never say no to the right offer right so I don't think two first round picks is going to get it done especially from a, a Kings team that you know is they're kind of in a weird spot right I don't know if they're you know I think they're they think they're close to competing but I don't know how close they truly are um but no to to calm everyone's fears I don't think that happens especially with that contract, right? I mean, you look at Jacob Chikrin, a guy with that skill has four more years at 23 years old at $4.6 million. Like, why? Why would you do that? You're not going to find a talent like that at a price like that. No, I... I, I, I feel better I now. Totally. How about you, Rob? <laughs> well, at least at least we'll be able to watch him for a little bit uh, because I, I really think he's, he could do some good things. And, you know, the Kings, I, I like this the J.J. Daniels, sorry, I didn't understand that. that that's a guy that you think of as to put you over the top to compete for a Stanley Cup, not in the rebuilding mode. So I don't think the Kings would be smart making that move because they're they're not ready to compete. And Jacob Chikrin is a young guy that can help a lot of clubs uh, that are more that are a lot closer to competing than the Kings are. No, I agree. And, and to be honest, that's that's maybe one of the teams you only consider, right? Because if you are trading to a team that, you know, a good young guy like that could help, say, Colorado or Tampa or Florida, right? You you got to expect that they're going to be picking in the back half of the draft. Right. And you're not going to trade that talent to pick in the back half of the draft in the next two years. Um, and so that's where, right, like if you trade them to the Kings, the Kings are kind of in, the, in a middle place where they could be really good or they could kind of, you know, fall below their own expectations and be picking 10, 11, 12, if not sooner. So... Again, I, I don't think Chickren goes anywhere unless it's, you know, A, the right plight price, and B, I don't think it's a team that, you know, he's definitely not going to go to a contender because I don't think the Coyotes are willing to pick 25, 26, right. even if it is three first-round picks for a guy, especially at a contract like that. But okay, then so you could also package the end of the back end of the draft to get move up. You know, it's easier, to, it's easier when you have a, the 25th pick in the draft as opposed to the 38th pick in the draft. So it just you could package those move closer, like you talked about inside the top fifteen by packaging second rounders. It's easier if you have that end of the first round uh, pick to package to get move up. This way, your second round was you can you can kind of keep. Right, but I just I don't know. You know, eventually, if you you know you go out to get two more first round picks just to trade them to get back in, then all of a sudden you're back at the same amount of picks you had without a guy like Jacob Chikrin when you can have the same amount of picks with picks a guy like Jacob yeah. Chikrin. So. Right. No, I agree. I agree. You keep that. You keep him and you build around him. Okay. So, so Seth, two years ago, you and I were talking about the goaltenders um, with the Arizona Coyotes. And I think a lot of people in the NHL would have said, um, with the three that they had, I'm talking about Aiden Hill. I'm talking about um, Darcy Kemper. And I'm talking about, um, who am I missing? Auntie Ranta. Uh, Auntie Ranta. Here we go. And I think when you put all three of those down and you laid them uh, on the table next to anybody else's top three goaltenders in the NHL, 
they were pretty darn close to the top, if not the top group. Now they're all gone. What happened? I think it's a team that realizes where they're at, right? If you take a look at what the Coyotes did back in 2012 after they made the Western Conference Final, right? There were three wins away from the Stanley Cup Final. And again, the reason you do this is because you were so close and you think that, hey, look, if we were that close this time, why can't we be any closer? So what the Coyotes did in 2013 and, and 2014 is they went out and, and thought, okay, well, we're going to construct a roster that's really going to help us and, and try and get better. Well, they didn't. And, you know, I mean, you saw the different drafts, right? Max Domi, Anthony Duclair. I mean, I know they got Duclair via trade, but, uh, you know, Dylan Strom, you know, in that three, four-year stretch, they went out and got all these prospects. Connor Garland was a part of that. And it, it felt like they never really rebuilt it. It felt like they tried to retool a little bit, right? And, I mean, it, it doesn't help that, you know, Strom didn't turn out to be what he was in Arizona. And, and Max Domi, you know, he's had an interesting career ride, you know, even ever since he left Arizona. And I think they may have given up on Anthony Duclair a little bit too early. Um but it, it never really felt like they were rebuilding. They were just they were retooling and and okay, well we're also gonna try and add a couple of top prospects to the mix. And um, I, I think you know, Armstrong realizes, look, this is where we're at, right? Like you're at a you're between a hard, a rock and a hard place. And especially with the way that roster was constructed last year for the Coyotes, a lot of defensemen, older guys, Goligoski, Demers, um, you knew they were trying to get out of that Ekman Larson contract for a couple of years now. Um, the Garland trade surprised me a little bit. I definitely think that was interesting that they gave him up to get back into the first round to get Gunther. Um, but you don't hate it, right? I, I think, um, you know, you get into the top 10 and, and you gave up a guy, you know, a contract you wanted to get rid of. And you also gave up a guy that, I mean, realistically, right, with where Garland was at before the draft and the report that, you know, Garland's agent reached out to the Coyotes and, and the Coyotes never really responded. Like, I think the writing was on the wall there in, in that relationship. So, um, but I think for the Coyotes, I think it's just, you know, you, you have to understand where your roster is at. And yeah, it would have been nice to have a guy like Darcy Kemper and, and Ronta and Aiden Hill, but you know, if you can get yourself some more draft capital. And again, it, it goes back to Coyotes didn't have any pay. They had to get back into the first round and, and they did it by getting rid of a contract they didn't want anymore. And in real, in you know, reality, gave up a player that they weren't going to be able to pay. So, um, yeah, I think part of the reason the goaltending tandem and and really trio got broken up is because they didn't have draft capital. But I also think the other part is is this team needed a desperately needed a rebuild, and and that's exactly what they went out and did. All right, I want to ask you about the Christian Dvorak trade. Uh, is that something you were hearing about leading up with the whole? Uh, and I and I can't pronounce this. Kati Kanemi uh, signing from Carolina. I mean, was was that hand in hand? I mean, I because I, I was surprised that that Montreal pivoted that quickly to uh, trade for him. I mean, you have to think that's hand in hand, right? The Canadians realized they lost a center, so why not why not go out and get a younger one and and really a better one, just you know more well rounded. That doesn't mean Kati Kanemi is not going to be you know a great center and but he's not a great center for that price right now. And they got Dvorak a, a little bit cheaper. So, um, I mean, you know, that's something the Coyotes, you know, Dvorak was kind of out there, right? Like every so often you kind of hear, oh, maybe the Coyotes will create, trade Christian Dvorak. And I never thought it would come. I thought that, you know, maybe they were going to, I thought he was a piece of their rebuild. And I mean, obviously that isn't the case, but 
you get back into the draft. And like I said with Montreal, I just I just don't think they're going to be that good, even with Christian Dvorak, right? I mean, Dvorak, when you take a look at, at where he's at in his career, he's a, a younger guy. He turned 25 in February, and he's still got four more years left on his deal. So by the time that's up, he's going to be 29. And again, if you're the Coyotes, right? I mean, are you, do you think in two, three years you're going to be ready to compete? Because, you know, there's a no, there's a modified no trade clause in his contract come 2023, 2024. So in two seasons. And, you know, it was kind of like if you're going to move him and you don't think he's a part of your rebuild, you got to move him now. And so, you know, I mean, it sucks that he's not here. I think he's a great center and I think he's going to be great on Montreal. But if you you got him at peak value, because even next year, depending on, you know, he would have had a season on a team where he most likely would have been the number one center. And I think he would have had a a tougher year, I think, from an offensive standpoint. So you traded him at peak value. You got back into the first round. And again, with Montreal, um, it's a – they get the first-round pick, but Montreal has two first-round picks. And I – off the top of my head, I can't remember who the second one is, but they get the better of the two picks. Um, oh, it's uh, oh because they got a pick of they got Carolina's pick in the Kotkaniemi signing. Right. So if Carolina just kind of stalls out, which it could be a possibility, right? I mean, they didn't re-sign Nadelkovich. That was odd. They thought that was too expensive, but right. they decided that six point one million dollars to try and get back at a team that <laughs> you know that. But that's the wild part about that one, right? Is like right. Montreal's offer sheet was legitimate. They gave a realistic contract. And I get it, like you're trying to troll the other team and, and you're trying to get back at Montreal, but what does that look to your fan base, right? Like you spent this weird offseason, you went out and got right. Tony D'Angelo, which, right. you know, right. he, ever since Carolina had, you know, beat the Rangers in the bubble, he hadn't played very well and, and you know, right. not a very, you know, from accounts from a lot of different players around the league, just not a good person as a whole and, you know, then you kind of tell your fan base, well, your star goaltender that got you into the playoffs isn't worth $2 million or $3 million. And then <laughs> you go out and sign a center who's kind of been up and down, right? I mean, Kakinyemi, remember his start in Montreal? He started, you know, came out and looked good. And then they had to send him down halfway through the year because they kept him after the 10 games. So he couldn't go back to juniors, but then they didn't like the way he was playing. So they sent him down. So kind of weird asset management. And so. So for the Coyotes, I mean, it's realistic that, you know, if Montreal, who's had a habit of fading late in the regular, in the middle and late portion of the regular season, and Carolina, who's kind of put together a weird roster, I mean, you could be back in the top 10 again. Well, they, I, I believe what I heard about that uh, second, that first round pick is that if, uh, if they do have two first round picks, that the uh, Coyotes get the worst of the two first uh, t- top 10 picks if they have two in the top 10. So if they have like say seven and 10, the Coyotes would get the 10th pick, not the seventh. Correct. Right. If they're both in the top 10. Right. 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 So, right. but if say, um, right. So that's where they need Montreal um, to kind of falter. Right. That's and, right. and Carolina to falter. But with that clause, if one of them is in the top 10 and one of them isn't the Coyotes still get the top 10 pick. Right, so right, right, right. you don't, you almost want you only need one of those teams to falter, you know, 
in a in a really hilarious fashion. Because that's the thing, right? <laughs> then all of a sudden, you're kind of doing this this standing watching where like, you know, if Montreal is seventh and Carolina is eleventh, you don't want Carolina to get to top ten, but you want Montreal to keep. Then all of a sudden, as right. a Coyotes fan, you're watching three different teams every night just just hoping. <laughs> Okay, so so Seth, let me ask you this question, and and this kind of pertains to both um, the past, the current, and the future as far as draft picks go. You look at guys like uh, Barrett Hayton. I don't see his name on the current roster that I'm looking at right now. Um, he surely he's going to be given a shot to make the roster, right? Oh, absolutely, and I think he will. I think part of it is um, I'm looking at cap friendly. It's an excellent. Um, you know, an excellent resource to look at the cap, how close teams are. I think part of this, the reason he's not listed on the main roster, I think is, I, I don't know if it has to do with who can be on a training, you know, like a rookie roster. Um, but I also think it's just when they're trying to, um, you know, sign guys, see what the money looks like at the cap. The Coyotes right now, according to Cap Friendly, have about 12 million cap space, right? I don't know if, um, say, Bill, Ar- you know, Armstrong is trying to, get maybe one guy, another two guys, and then he'll call up a guy like Barrett Hayden. Um, you know, Jan Yannick is probably going to get a little bit of time too. He's technically listed in the minors. So I think part of that is just there. They may be trying to get one more guy and, you know, make the money work. Um, but yeah, he's going to get a chance. Um, and I think, Hey, this is the thing about this team and, and the way it's going. I think this is a really good year to get unique and Barrett Hayton because it's a very stress-free year, right? The last two years, the Coyotes were really expected to make this big jump and, and kind of compete. And especially with last year, I think that was a good move. You know, Armstrong has done a really good job in the off season, but I think last year with the way the season was made and the way everybody saw the Pacific division, you know, shape up when the, uh, when those new divisions came out, I think it was, huge right because you saw san jose la anaheim and minnesota and a lot of people thought okay well this is an opportunity for the coyotes to jump in and and be a player and and maybe make the playoffs again well i think minnesota surprised a lot of people i mean i know kaprizov had a huge year and a lot of people were expecting that out of him but i don't think anybody really expected the way cam talbot played the way minnesota's defense as a whole played and then st louis played just good enough to get in so um, you know, I think the last two years have been kind of high expectation years for this team. And that's why Barrett Hayden didn't see a lot of ice time. But with how this team has shaped out, I think you're going to see Barrett Hayden, Jan Unique, I mean, Victor Soderstrom. I think you're going to see all those guys play a really big amount of time this season. Okay. So then let me ask you about the present part of it. This is part two of three. So um, the present, you look at a guy like Dylan Gunther, they drafted him very high. They're able to get him uh, in a spot that they're comfortable with. Um, does he have a shot? Can he make this roster, this NHL roster? I honestly think they'll give him the nine games before they have to send him back to juniors. Just because why not, right? Like you're in a spot yeah, right. where you know you're not going to be very good, right? And look, if you can use those nine games, that's fine, right? Because, okay, so what are you going to – I mean, you look at some of their forwards right now, the Coyotes, I mean, Keller, Kessel – you know, Schmaltz are going to be the guys that are in. You got to think Dimitri Yaskin is going to play a lot. He was the KHL MVP. But you look at the bottom half, you know, a guy like Liam O'Brien and, and Travis Boyd. And, you know, is Andrew Ladd really going to play all that much with where he's at in his career? Like, 
it, it's you're not going to hurt yourself and you're not going to hurt any of your other guys if you let Gunther play the nine game. I mean, we saw it with Hayden, right? He he practiced a lot with the Coyotes and, you know, made an appearance in a couple games and they sent him back to the junior. So I think Gunther will play a few games this year, just the sheer fact of where this franchise is at. And, you know, why not? Why not take a look and, and see what he can get done? Okay, and then here's the third of my three-part question. This one's for the future. Um, obviously, draft picks are good. Obviously, if you pick the right players, that's better. But when you're trying to rebuild and you put out a timeline, um, and let's use Barrett Hayton as an example, uh, this is what, year three for him now, three or four, and um, he's still not a mainstay. So as you look to the future, let's say you have a bunch of great you know, let's say you get those four or five picks in the first round. Um, that those are two, three years away from impact players. Yeah, you would think, and I mean, it's hard to develop a center, right? I think that's oh, absolutely why why he was picked so high. I think with the Coyotes, um, I mean, again, that was a different regime, right? That was the John Chica regime, and I think that with this team and and the way it's going like look i get it you're you know you might be a little frustrated with how it's gone for barrett hate and that he's not you know what the he's not a main stage like you said but i, I think at the end of the day like you this i mean i think this is definitely his make or break year right because like a, a new coach yeah, a coach that's coached juniors a coach that's coached juniors before and gets you know kind of what this player is about Right, I think that's the other thing is he gets some of these younger guys, and I think that's why you know Andre was hired because he understands some of the younger guys and, and knows how to help them develop. So um, I think this is a really big year for Hayden. I think if he doesn't produce or at least show some, um, you know, show a way that he's really improving, I think this might be it for him. Okay, Rob. Before you jump in, this is a great time for us to. Uh, do our uh, trivia giveaway, our Summer Skates Sizzling September trivia giveaway, where Summer Skates is putting up a pair of uh, Summer Skates sandals and a koozie. Here's the question, and listen closely and listen real closely. How about that? Uh, Seth, will, Seth will verify this for me. Uh, the new head coach of the Arizona Coyotes is, number one, who? And number two, type it into the chat bar on the podcast right now, and spell his name correctly first and last. Seth, could you do that? <laughs> I mean, I could, but I don't want to win. <laughs> I don't think it's fair that you, I win. You, you can't you can't win, but you're going to be my verifier as soon as somebody sends it in. So once again, that's your Summer Skate Sizzling September uh, trivia question. Who is the new head coach of the Arizona Coyotes? And his first and last name, spell it correctly for us in the chat bar if you want to win. And okay. it looks, looks like someone did type it in uh, correctly. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, Roy Munson. Gentlemen, you got it? That's you got not, it? Not only, yeah, not only is that correct, but it even has the, the, accent, uh, over the accent on top of the E. So <laughs> that is right, that's uh, right down the middle for Roy Munson. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> Roy Munson. Uh, uh, that, that's our listeners. They just jump in. They know what's going on. But great stuff. Great stuff. Okay, Rob, you got more for Seth? I, I do, but I mean, you guys kind of took the thunder of my question. Uh, you, you, <laughs> we you, always do that. <laughs> you, you touched on uh, Yannick uh, as a as a forward. What about I? And you're breaking up. I don't know if you mentioned Victor Soderstrom. Where does he fit in in all this? Uh, is he going to get some valuable minutes this season? 
Yeah, I think Soderstrom gets a, a plenty of minutes. I think um, it, it's interesting with the way this roster is constructed, right? I just they cap friendly again. They have Kyle Capobianco listed as a sixth defenseman. I think he's one of those guys. I know he's been through a couple injuries, but one of those guys, kind of like where Barrett Hayton is at right now, right? Like, okay, I, you know, he's had a couple injuries and, and he's played some games, but you really want him to make that huge leap. And I think if Capobianco doesn't play a ton, right, if he doesn't play all that well to start the year or Timmons doesn't play all that well, I think you definitely see um, Soderstrom sliding. But I think by the end of the year, right, like with the Coyotes, I think with Strowman, yeah, I know he has a modified no-trade clause, but I think if there's a team that really wants to really, – really feels they need a defenseman and a guy like Strowman can – you know, put him over the top, he'll get traded, and then that's where Soderstrom slides in. I think Strowman is not going to be on this roster by the end of the year, at the end of the year, just by the sheer fact that, you know, he's a guy that could really help a, a cup contender, say Colorado, you know, Vegas. And that's the other thing with the Coyotes is they're no longer in the Pacific Division anymore. So they can trade with LA, with Anaheim, with San Jose, Vegas, where it just isn't a big deal anymore because it's not in division. So I think with um, the Coyotes, I think it's just one of those things where Soderstrom will get time. I even think Ila Labushkin is a candidate to not be on this team anymore. You know, he's 27, uh, $1.3 million cap hit. He's a guy that can really fit into a bottom six of a team that maybe feels like they need a little more physicality on their back end. Um, so there's, I think there's definitely going to be some room because I think there'll be a trade or two before the deadline where they'll open up some space. Okay. I got two more uh, for you and then I, I'm done with you. <laughs> <laughs> Seth's going like, thank God. <laughs> okay, Seth, here, here we go. Um, first and foremost, um, the way everything has gone for the Coyotes throughout the pandemic, and they've managed to stick through it, um, and they've got their roster. I, I honestly have a feeling that they're going to be a lot better than people think. I think when and they all come together, they're going to look um, look pretty pretty solid from top to bottom. I like the defensive core. I'm a little worried about in goal, uh, as I think probably everybody is. Um, and I think the forwards, if they stay healthy and come together, you got a guy like Nick Schmaltz, you got Clayton Keller, Phil Kessa, Johan Larson, Andrew Ladd that you mentioned. I mean, you go down the list. So uh, Christian Fisher and uh, Lawson Kraus, guys that have been around a little while. And um, so I think they're going to be okay. So that's part one. You think they're going to be all right when it's all said and done? I guess it depends on what your definition of is all, all right is, right? Like if you're talking about pure points, I don't think so. I just don't. I just don't know, and I think it's because of the goaltending question, right? You're gonna have a guy that's realistically been a career backup, and uh, you know, in with Croner, who's played a handful of games for San Jose, but hasn't played in a lot of like meaningful hockey games. So, um, I just don't know how many. But I think in terms of like, I think this team's gonna be really fun to watch. I think it, there's a lot of guys that you know, like a Louis Erickson and Andrew Ladd, who are wrapping up their careers and. You know, I think feel like they want to be, you know, end on a higher note. And, you know, a guy like Shane Gosses Bear, who's going to rediscover himself. And a guy like Jacob Chikrin, who's, you know, going to be a Norris candidate, if not this year, definitely next year. And, you know, rookies, you know, a guy like Barrett Hayton. And you might see Dylan Gunther make an appearance and Connor Timmins and, you know, Victor Schoderstrom and Yan Yannick. Like, it's going to be a, an interesting group because you're going to see a lot of guys that, 
want to play really well and at a high level for different reasons. I just, I just don't know how many wins it's going to result in, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun to go down to the rink because I think by the end of the year, you know, when they're playing a Colorado or a Vegas or, you know, a, a top team, Tampa Bay, even like that's going to be a team that's going to give them a run for their money. Right. It's not going to be the bad coyotes of old where, you know, a team's just going to walk in the building and throw up 55 shots and, you know, take home a four, one win. Like it's a team that's going to push a lot of these good teams. I just don't know at the end if they're going to get out a win, but again, it's going to be really good for some of those guys that are going to be on this team in two, three years. Okay. And the final one for me, and then I'll let Rob get in the, the last word. Um, I gave you an assignment already. You probably still remember it, but you asked me who I want to do uh, to hear from first in your feature uh, section. And I said, Liam Kirk. Uh, we've seen Liam a couple of years now at, at camp. We didn't see him last year, obviously, because last year was a mess. But um, Great Britain uh, sends over one of the guys that was dominating the uh, world championships this last spring. Um, so tell us about Liam Kirk. What do you expect out of him, and does he have a realistic shot at, at an NHL spot? Yeah, I think he has a realistic chance just, again, because of what this team is going to be. But I think it's a guy who's improved a lot. Like, there wouldn't be a lot of feature stories written on this guy if he wasn't improving, right? Like, I think at a certain point, oh, you know, he's been, you know, it could be like, oh, you know, he's really played well. And, you know, a guy from Great Britain, like, that's an easy story to write. But if he hasn't been improving and playing well, like, there isn't a reason, right? I mean, he played in the OHL with Petersboro, he had 47 points back in the 2018-2019 season, 63 games. Then in in 1920, had 50 points in 47 games, and obviously that was before the COVID shutdown. And then he went and played um, a little uh, professional hockey back home, um, played in the EIHL. I mean, we've seen you know a notable name that went over to Britain and in, in the EIHL. Um, was uh, Chris Stewart went over there and played and kind of revived his career. And we saw him on an NHL roster and um, he played for the Sheffield Steelers, did Kirk and he had 20 points in 14 games. And um, he actually, he played for the Sheffield Steel Dogs as well in the NAIHL cup or the NIHL cup, excuse me, and had 32 points in 21 games, including, including 21 goals. And actually that's yeah, 32 points in 12 games. So I think he's, you know, Obviously, that's not the same level as the NHL or even some of the other European leagues, but I think Liam Kirk, with the way he's playing, and again, a guy that's drafted in the seventh round near the back half of that 2018 draft, like, it's worth it, right? Like, why not give him a shot? I think I think he'll make a few games. Again, I, I just don't know how how long a guy like, you know, Louis Erickson and, and Andrew Ladd, like, you got to think there's times where they're just not going to be available for certain games, and, and I think that's where he slips in. Now, we'll, we'll get out of here on this. Uh, with some of the veterans, and, you know, you talk about Carter Hunt, and he's used to losing, playing in Buffalo. He's, he's used to not playing meaningful games late in the season. When do, these, when do the kids push the veterans out who are tired of losing on the season and just don't have it night in and night out? Um, I, I think it's if you get to a certain point of the season where the – you know, Armstrong and the coaching staff and the scouting staff just wants to get a look. I think there's going to be plenty of opportunities, right? Like, Lad didn't play last year, and I, I don't know if the Coyotes are maybe just eating another $5.5 million for him to sit on the IR. We'll see. 
Um, but you know, Louis Erickson, he's, you know, hasn't played a lot. I just, I don't know. I think there might be a couple spots open at the end of the year. Um, and I mean, I also think like a guy like Antoine Roussel still has a little bit left in the tank. He could be a good bottom six forward, right? He's right. 31, one year left on his deal, $3 million. Like he could go to a team that needs a, you know, a, a bottom six forward. And I think that's where it's really going to come in is, is some of these guys that have played deep into the playoffs, uh, you know, Roussel, Jay Beagle. Uh, I mean, even Louis Erickson in his prime has played a lot and, you know, $6 million is a lot of money for a cap hit on a, you know, trade day. But if Louis Erickson is able to prove himself useful, he could go to a team that has a lot of cap space that is that is making a playoff run. So um, I, I think that, you know, maybe a guy like Louis Erickson or Andrew Ladd just aren't going to be available at the end of the year. And I think that, you know, Antoine Roussel might get traded at the deadline or um, if Dimitri Yaskin plays well enough, I mean, 28 at 3.2 mil, like, if he plays well enough to get the Coyotes a first-round pick, we saw Barkley Goodrow get San Jose a first-round pick. And I know that's at the end of the draft, but, I mean, heck, if, if a guy like Dmitry Yaskin, who had to go to Russia to find himself, gets you a first-round right. pick, you know, that's not that's not a bad deal. But, again, to answer your question, I think, you know, there will be some spots. I don't know if it's going to be as simple as, oh, it's just, you know, they're just going to push these guys out and the coaching staff is going to get tired with these veterans not playing. Like, these veterans are going to come out and play hard. But I also think there's going to be a couple trades by the end of the year that'll open some spots for a guy like Liam Kirk, um, you know, Jan Yannick. And, and again, we talked about the defenseman. I think, you know, Strawman isn't on this team by the end of the, by the end of the trade deadline. So that'll open a spot or two for some of the younger defensemen, you know, Victor Soderstrom and, and the like. Good stuff, Seth. I know you're getting excited. Uh, Thursday is when the uh, development camp starts, I believe, correct? Yeah, Thursday the 9th. And then uh, the Arizona Coyotes are the host for that rookie face-off tournament, which uh, will be, what, 17th to the 20th? Is that Do I have that right? Uh, yes. Uh, and that'll be out at Glendale and at the Ice Den in Scottsdale. So lots of stuff going on. I know we could talk an awful lot about off-ice stuff, but let's leave that out of it for now. Let's be optimistic and let's say uh, go Yotes, right? Go Yotes. I think it's, again, I – I don't know how much you're going to get in the win column, but I definitely think that you're going to get a, a lot of fun and, and you're going to feel really good about the way this team plays. Good to hear. Seth Askelson, our, uh, our own Arizona Coyotes beat reporter. Thanks for jumping on tonight and uh, filling us in on everything Arizona Coyotes. We will definitely have you back on over and over again all season long, so be prepared, okay? All right, I'll be ready, I promise. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That, that's our own Seth Askelson. We're going to take another quick break, and then Rob and I will be back to wrap up another episode of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly in about two minutes. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy, big William Carlson fan, or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, 
You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. This is Derek Stevens. Download your new sports betting app with Circus Sports. Get 24-7 access to a dynamic sports betting menu, including props, futures, cross-sport parlays, in-game wagering, and more. Sign up for the mobile wagering app at CircusSports.com. Then visit one of our downtown Las Vegas sportsbooks at the D or the Golden Gate to activate and fund your mobile wagering account. Learn more at CircusSports.com. Broadcasting from the Summer Skate Studios, Summer Skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear. This is Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at the uh, the Las Vegas Hotel Resort Casino right on Fremont Street in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. Scott Strandy back with you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host as always, Rob Rothbard from beautiful Southern California. Um, Rob, um, you know the drill by now. Every time we have a guest on, I want to know what you heard. I know what I heard, but uh, summarize, if you could, what we heard from Seth. Well, first of all, uh, we were remiss. We didn't mention he's a Walter Cronkite guy. So anytime, <laughs> anytime you get the ASU people involved with hockey, it just becomes a great interview. Uh, knowledgeable, passionate. Oh, look at you. Suck uh, up, they call that, don't they? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love I love when I have a whole. List oh, we of love questions. you, Seth. We love you. <laughs> I love when I have a whole list of questions to ask, and we touch on all of them, whether I ask them or not. So uh, everybody was prepared. So it was it was a great interview. I look forward to getting to know him and, and hear more about the Coyotes. Uh, what I did hear, though, as a betting guy, maybe the overs for the Coyotes this year might be the call as opposed to unders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And that's what I wanted to touch on. Um, you know, what I heard from Seth is I know Seth follows the Coyotes uh, deeply. That's why he does what he does for us um, because he is so knowledgeable on what's going on. And he tries to be as realistic as possible as well. I know he's a fan. He's lived here his whole life and uh, seen the organization from top to bottom and been through it all with the rest of us that live here. But uh he also tries to be realistic and give us a, a real unbiased opinion. I thought he did a great job of that. Um, I know we don't have much time. we got a couple minutes, but your thoughts on sports betting. It starts here in Arizona uh, Thursday night with the start of the NFL season. Um, well, it, your thoughts uh, on that? It's, it's a, a topic near and dear to my heart. Uh, my dad taught me at a young age about it. Uh, my wife, uh, works for an agency that has bet MGM as one of the clients. Uh, so it's just, it's taken off. It really is. Uh, the in-game stuff, it really takes, I think it takes away from some of the game because you worry about, you know, should I bet? Should I not bet? As opposed to being <laughs> a fan. Uh, but I, I like the betting. It, it, it gives meaningless games uh, in, you know, in a better's mind, a meaningless game, something to cheer about and something to follow the game about. So it, it promotes the game. Yeah, I, I think if, if it's done correctly and by all means, it looks like it's going to be uh, uh, very well handled from the agencies that are uh, are doing it. So I, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, for years, it's been a uh, a taboo. With, you saw in Vegas or you know, professional right. sports, even NCAA couldn't be in Vegas. Well, now right. that stigma is all gone and uh, the way things are happening. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
as long as you do it responsibly, I think, uh, you know, it's just another form of entertainment, but right. uh, unfortunately there is that side, just like everything else, drugs, alcohol, all of that, right. uh, where you can get addicted and you just right. have to, uh, if you can't handle it, you need to step away from it. And if you need help, you need to find help. And just like the, uh, the stigma of mental health should not be just like that. It's the same thing. If you are struggling with gambling, please get help. Talk to people. Let, let them know. Because if no one knows, they can't help. So, and the, even if the people are asking me questions, some people just say, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, no, it's a, seri- it's a serious topic. And uh, it's a serious disease, just like drugs and alcohol. And some people just can't be around it. And they need to get the help as early as possible so they can lead as normal of a life. Uh, but I, I think it promotes the games, though. I think it promotes sports, and it will really promote hockey uh, because people more that bet on hockey tend to know a little bit more, and they want to know a little bit more, so they delve a little deeper into it. So I think it's a good thing. Yep, totally agree. Okay, so let's uh, let, let's look a little bit forward here because hopefully next week we have our uh, our Colorado person, our insider in Colorado, Kate Shefty. Okay. Uh, join us. Uh, she'll be able to get us up to date on what's going on in Colorado. We've kind of been everywhere except Anaheim now, so uh, we'll work on that one for the final uh, uh, final week before the season kind of really kicks into high gear with preseason games and such. But I know there's one preseason game that you got on your uh, your calendar already. It's Kings versus Kings, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, really get a good insight for what the Kings are going to have this year and, and who some of the key players are going to be. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, the rookie face-off tournament coming up here. We'll have a chance to see some of the best. Like I said earlier in the show, if you're, uh, you know, if you're looking for who might make NHL rosters, there's guys there that might. And if you're looking for guys that are going to make the AHL rosters, there's definitely guys there that are going to fill those rosters. So I think that'll be fun. I just hope the pandemic allows us to do what we want to do and and see everything that we want to see. So. Everybody be safe out there. I do want to shout out again our winner tonight, Roy Munson, 44, uh, for correctly identifying the uh, Arizona Coyotes' new head coach and spelling his name correctly, first and last name, uh, right down to the, uh, what do we call that, Rob? What's accent. that? Accent. The accent. Yeah, the accent on it as well. So uh, we, we appreciate that. Um, we have more to give away. That's only uh, two nights so far out of 16, so there's still – 14 chances for you to win a pair of custom summer skates with our new college hockey Southwest live logo on it. And uh, you get a pair of sandals and you get a koozie courtesy of our friends at summer skates. So if you don't have anything else, I'll let you take it away, my friend. All right. The D Las Vegas resort and casinos professional hockey Southwest weekly has been brought to you by summer skates fall winter. Doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino, whether it's the Long Bar or the Andy Amo Steakhouse, we are more than just great game in action. Book your spot at vd.com. Boost Mobile, where all plans include a mobile hotspot and America's largest 5G network for less. By Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com, where we can provide for all your hockey needs, on the ice, or in line. See the website for our three Valley locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes you to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it always seems to take it longer to decide what to eat than actually eat it. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel your drive. Refuel your drive 
with M Drive. The D Las Vegas Resort and Casino Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of Ice Time Hockey SW podcast are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Hey, Alexa, turn on my ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by the D Resort and Casino is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. And uh, hockey season is really, really close. That's why we're calling it Sizzling September. So stay with us. Uh, listen to the podcast. You can download them anytime. When you listen live, you have a chance to win our uh, Sizzling September uh, trivia giveaways from the uh, great people at Summer Skate. So, Rob, thanks for everything. Uh, thanks to Seth Askelson, our uh, Arizona Coyotes uh, beat reporter. Uh, for stepping in tonight and bringing us up to date on the Coyotes. And, Rob, it won't be long till you'll be right here in uh, in Arizona checking out some uh, rookie action. Well, I look forward to it. I look forward to seeing some good rookie action and uh, being able to report back to it. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Remember, tomorrow night, College Hockey Southwest Weekly, Paul Hornstein and myself. And then, of course, on Wednesday night, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly with uh, my uh, – uh, partner from Las Vegas, Stephen Marshall. So, good night, everybody. Good night.